God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Dude, I don't know about you, but I'm heading towards the sun, and I'm about 100,000 miles away, and uh, it's pretty bright right now. Heading towards the sun, huh? Did you ever see that movie Sunshine? Oh, yeah. Loved it. Danny Boyle? Danny Boyle. And uh, what's how do you say that guy's name that's the lead in it? I don't know, but it's one of those movies where all I remember is... I think it's Itzhak Sabine. You think it's supernatural the whole time, and then you find out that some guy survived on the goddamn ship and was like all burned by the sun. And he's like, oh, is that he's gone? Is that who that was at the end? Yeah, the end. So you basically think the ship's haunted, and what you find out at the end is it got so close to the sun it burned him and he went insane. And he's not. It's not supernatural at all. He's just a crazy guy. I have to. I've only seen it once. It's probably worth a rewatch. I thought that was just some weird. I thought that was some weird shit at the end. It's kind of like. you know, the first couple of Friday the 13th, you think that there's a supernatural, you know, the, the killer in the Friday the 13th, the first couple are Jason Voorhees. It's his mother who's gone insane because they let her, his, her son drown. It's not until a few films later that he becomes some sort of unkillable monster. Anyway, it's a decent twist. Dude, here's what you get on the I'm okay, you're okay, I'm not okay, you're not Film okay history. podcast. You get, dude, problems fucking mysteries of the of the universe solved people walking around going i don't know what's wrong with me oh i don't know who jason is now i do know now the sun is shining <laughs> the, the question is does the detective make the monocle or does the monocle make the detective well it's just like the chicken and the egg because i've carried a monocle with, for decades now you can't have one without the other no dude look at any detective Worth his weight in salt. Name a couple of detectives. Hercule Poirot. Monocle. Fucking Monocle, dude. Name that some dude other ones. Any more? Monocle. Who? Any more detectives you can name? Yeah. Let's go. Scooby-Doo. Monocle. He's got a fucking monocle that he shits through. Sherlock Holmes. He, he likes to monocle. keep all his turds at the exact diameter. So he's taken a monocle, removed the glass, of course. The lens, yes. Safety first. Yes. And he's shoved that into his sphincter so that all of his turds have the exact diameter because he's a detective. He's a dog detective. It's like when you're making a nice cake or a mafungo. Yes. When you're making a mafungo, you want that shit fucking tight. Oh, shit. I left the door open. Now I've got bees coming in. Hold on. Uh Oh, we got a bee. We got a bee sitch in the dead of winter in Austin, Texas. Hopefully Bob didn't get eaten by the bees. Oh, there's Bob. No bee sitch. I'm glad the bee. I'm glad the bees trying, didn't eat you. I was trying to get some of that fresh air into the studio when I got with some fresh bees. Speaking of bees, I watched the new Candyman. Not great. Not great at all. Actually, <laughs> was the old one great? Yeah, yeah. Classic. It's a classic. Was it Human Centipede great? Well, Human Centipede one, two, or three, because that's how I judge things. Human Centipede one. Chef's Kiss, it's cinema. It's a film. It really is. Human Centipede 2, one of the most horrible things I've ever seen. Human Centipede 3, somehow even worse. But Human Centipede 1, pretty pretty, pretty good. I like it when a movie is as bad as it can get, and then somehow they make another one, 
and you're like, well, it can't be as bad as that last one, and it's even worse. Well, here's the deal about the Human Centipede movies is Tom Six, the director, he knows how to make movies. So they're not bad because he they look like a movie it, it looks like they look like movies but the but what they what they come up with and what they do in these movies is so atrocious that it, you it's hard to recommend especially the second one the second one's did the you hardest say, one to watch did you say atrocious or atrocious i said atrocious oh i thought i just heard atrocious dude i'm never and then I when i heard it the, i was like was gonna, i'm never i'm never using the a again no if i was going to put the abbreviation on that word i would say troche i would say atroche I always abbreviate usually the ends of the words. If I was going to really abbreviate it, like, like, oh, I'm, I've got to climb Mount Everest right now, so let's pack the least number of syllables that we can pack on this voyage. I'm just basically saying, osh. Osh? Someone might think you're saying ocean. Yeah, but I'd be like, oh, man, that movie was osh. And then they'll be like, what, Ocean's Eleven? Yeah. Human Centipede 2 is a meta film meaning that it takes place in the universe in which the first film exists okay okay. and it's about a guy who's obsessed with the first film and he takes all the elements of the first film to the next level and i won't even describe some maybe in the secret weekly i'll describe a few of the things that occur in that movie now the first human centipede the crazy doctor makes a centipede by sewing people's mouth to the other people's anuses Three centipede, three person centipede. Okay, Zip. second film. You know how many's in the centipede? How many centipedes there are? How many people make the centipede in the second film? One hundred. Nope, it's twelve. All right, so okay. we ramp okay. up from three to twelve. Now, can you guess how many people are in the the third film's centipede? One hundred. No. Uh, three, twelve, um. 36? 500 people make up the centipede. It takes place in a prison. <laughs> Where the insane crazy... Dude, that's a, long, that's a long centipede, dude. Well, the insane crazy warden of the prison decides that the best way to save money at the prison is to... Uh, they can just basically save on the food supply chain if he makes everyone in the prison into a centipede. Because it's, nice. one, it's one digestive tract. Nice. Anyway, the first Candyman is pretty good. The one I rewatched, pretty bad. What's amazing about a bad movie that doesn't look good or isn't acted well is to think about all the money and how long it took to... Like, the risk and investment of a movie are so high. And when they don't work, it makes me sad almost. Dude, it's so rare that I watch a bad movie because I bet that... You know me, dude? I'm a Rotten Tomatoes boy. <laughs> I don't fucking watch shit unless that shit's boy. been vetted, dude. If that if Rotten Tomatoes hasn't signed off on it, your boy ain't watching that shit. I'm a Rotten Tomatoes boy. You are, but I just don't trust any of those people. But here's why. Here's why you can trust that though. It's because you don't watch horror movies. Horror movies are graded on such a different level that you can't trust reviews of horror movies. You just have to trust like your own taste, or maybe you have a few people that you look to to help you curate like shit to look at but i guess if you're talking about straight up dramas and show like pop movies you can trust ratings i guess right you're you feel the way about horror movies that i feel the way about korean uh martial arts movies or like the they're way probably you, not the way you feel great about british movies. british television no dude no no dude when it comes to british television Dude, your boy is 
I'm an RTB boy all the way, dude, with that shit. Well, speaking of that, we actually got an email about British television I wanted to read to you. This is from Matt Unden. He says, Happy New Year. Hey, guys, hope you're having a good end of 2021 and that 2022 will be fantastic for both of you. Some British friends of mine were telling me about a show they have back home, and I was wondering if either of you have seen it. It's called Naked Attraction. It's a dating show where a single contestant is slowly revealed the naked bodies of the hopefuls from the feet up. They show everything and discuss in detail how they like the looks of the genitals and such. It's quite something. There's episodes on YouTube. You're welcome. Dude, I'm watching that all day today. He says, not sure how I actually feel about it other than that I'd rather be prison raped than be on the show. Oh, yeah. And at the end, the contestant gets naked, too. Worth a watch. Cheers, Matt. Woof. Dude, have you have you watched Sexy Beast? I've seen them film Sexy Beast, yeah. No, no. It's called... I think it's called Sexy Beast. It's a dating show. Oh. It's it's, set, it's filmed in England. And they, they take these people and they put them in, like, monster makeup. And then they go on a date. So you can't tell what they look like. Oh, you and told usually me about you can that. tell... Usually you can tell how hot they are by how horrible they are as a person. Like the more horrible they are as a person, the hotter they are. Uh, I'm thinking you about the Ben Kingsley movie from 2000, which is dude, decidedly different than that. They take the makeup off some of these people. And here's the deal. So you have to vote. So there's three of them. So you vote like, uh, I'm going to vote you off. I'm going to vote you off. And then you're left with the person that you, you know, that you connected with. And dude, they vote off hot chicks. They strip off that makeup, and the dude's like, "Oh, I fucked up." Jesus. But the good news is they're all hot. The good news is everybody's hot on the show. It fills me with dread, wondering what they'll come up with next. What's next? What's after this crap, dude? Speaking of stuff, I watched the tragedy of Macbeth, the new Joel Cohn. Adapt. It's not even an adaptation. It's just the fucking Macbeth d- done yeah, with, with, uh, in full Shakespeare. I don't think it's a good idea just taking that old antiquated language from 400 years ago and expecting people to fucking. Oh, they be just cool read it like it. it was. They just read it the way it's written. Dude, they're using the fucking original shit. <laughs> See, that's why the Leonardo to Cap Romeo and Juliet was so good is because they modernized it. They made it interesting and cool. The one thing about it, the language is pretty incredible. But I don't know, man. The the verdicts the verdicts out on that movie because I'm not convinced that Denzel Washington like I'm not buying Denzel Washington as Macbeth. First of all, he, no British accent. He's doing it straight up American. <laughs> but 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 here's the thing, which is fine if everybody else was doing it straight up American, but they're not. They're all doing it whatever whatever their accents are. You know what that reminds me of is uh was it the Hugh Jackman Lay Miz where they wanted to do something where they had all the actors actually do the singing even if they couldn't sing? That was like one of the gimmicks. Did you ever see that? Dude, Les Mis is one of my least favorite movies of all the ages. Uh, Woody Allen did that with his musical, Everyone Says I Love You or whatever. He had Edward Norton just actually sing, even though they couldn't sing. It's like, wow. Who wants to sit through 90 minutes of that shit? Well, it, I mean, I'm glad I watched it, but it really, you know what it made me want to do is watch Throne of Blood, which is Akira Kurosawa's, I probably got that name wrong, adaptation. No, that was of, correct. Of Macbeth. 
Well, hell and yeah. So I, didn't, I didn't even know that existed. I love him. I've been trying to get my wife to watch Rashomon for years. Dude, that Rashomon is his worst film, for like hands down. Well, I disagree, but uh, Yohimbo I love. Of course, Seven Samurai is his masterpiece. But I didn't know yeah. he did. I didn't know he did a Macbeth adaptation. Yeah, it's called Throne of Blood, dude. It's so good. And he also did a King Lear called Ron. It's really good. I never really got into Shakespeare. It's hard to read, dude. Like, who's getting into Shakespeare? Well, theater. If you're, act, if you're under, if you're, if, dude, if you look at your age digits and you've got less than three, you're not. You've never gotten into Shakespeare. If you look at your age digits and there's three digits there, yeah, you probably fucking <laughs> peruse some. Shakespeare what are you talking about? Point. Three digits? What are you talking about? Like if your age is ninety nine and below, uh-huh. yeah, you've never checked out Shakespeare. <laughs> period, dude. All sorts of people get into Shakespeare. People who if are you're one hundred and one hundred and four, yeah, you started no. reading Shakespeare back in the eighteen hundreds when people you were get born. into Shakespeare. He's like the greatest author of all time. People get into it. People he he's evergreen, man. Shakespeare. Some people, some people say, and when I say some people. I don't even know what I'm saying. Here's who people don't get into anymore. Gore Vidal. <laughs> no, one talk, no one knows about or talks. Like Gore Vidal for a decade or two was like one of the most important thinkers and writers in America. And now not only does no one read him or get into him. No, You know another guy like that? Norman Mailer. No you know, one gives you know a why shit nobody anymore. reads either of those dudes? Because those guys were smart and they let everybody know it and everybody just secretly hated them. Right. They were like, I know you're smart, but GFY. I will say one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Did you ever this was like maybe six, seven years ago. It was called Best of Enemies. Yeah. It was about Gore Vidal debating William Buckley, William F. Buckley Jr. Saw it. Sounds boring, but I thought that was incredible. I actually watched it several times. Yeah, saw it. <laughs> what else? What else? Saw, saw it. What are you saying? You didn't like it? No, no, I liked it. It was good. It was great. I liked it. So that's going to be the only way people probably uh, from the last 20 or 30 years will know who Gore Vidal is. I have been reading about this chick named Eve Babbitts. Do you know who Eve Babbitts was? Let me get. Can I guess? Sure. She was a, she was a woman who was born a human being, but then trans she uh, transitioned into a bat. No. The human bat. That's Dracula. Oh, that's a vampire. So I don't know who she is then. She was like this LA chick who uh, she transitioned sort of, into a bat. She was like famous for hanging around like the Joan Didion camp, and she took this famous picture of a of a chess player, but she was nude in it. Anyway, if you don't know who she is, then it's going to take too long to explain it. And you're probably going to try. Hold, to hold, wait, to hold on, it. hold on now. There's a picture of her naked. She took a really famous picture with like a really serious chess player guy, and she's completely naked in it. It, made, it was like a huge deal at the time. Dude, every time I try to read a book lately, I can't seem to get through it. Yeah. Well, that's start, everybody. No one reads anymore. It's hard, dude. Especially because I read on my iPad, and I got the, you know, I'll, I'll like be reading. Things fall apart by Okwambi Pompao or whatever that guy's name is, and then I, you know what I hear in the distance? 
the siren song of the fucking solitaire game. Well, you have to quit reading on your iPad. Well, I can't. I mean, if you really want to read, if like you not being able to read anymore concerns you, which it concerns me about myself, then you have to start reading actual books and you have to put your phone in a different room. That's what but you I, have even to if do. I was, but even if I was reading an actual book, I would still hear the siren song. Of right. The but when you hear it, if you have to get up to satisfy it, you're less likely to do it and you have to condition yourself out of it. It's a conditioning. If you just push through it and condition yourself, the siren won't be as loud. It eventually it'll go away. Eventually you'll be able to retain your attention and read again if you're if you want to. Okay. But that is what you're gonna have to do if you want to. Well, I guess I don't want to. Yeah. That's the thing. I don't think people miss it that much. I, I love reading a good book. But that's the other thing. I think I've read all the good books. No. Dude, I think I read all the good books. I mean, not only did you not read all the good books, but the books that you've read that are great are worth rereading. Dude, I've never... I've only reread one book, and it was Catcher in the Rye, and then Mm. I really regretted rereading it. Well, that book's not very good. I've reread 1984 several times. Great. I've reread American Psycho. I tried to I tried to re I tried to reread 1984 upon your recommendation recently, Mm -hmm. and I could not. I basically uploaded the top 50 books of all time onto my iPad. And then started reading them, and the only one I could stick with was "Things Fall Apart" by Unkempepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepepep
a handful of I was the books, shocked at how good it was. A handful of the books they make you read in school are actually really fucking great. And 1984 is one of them. Fahrenheit 451 is a great book. I think that uh, Wrinkle in Time is a great book. Several books I read when I was a kid I loved. I loved all those Roald Dahl books. We're actually reading Charlie and Chocolate Factory with Nova right now. It's pretty fun. Dude, there's so many. The Martian was so fucking good. I didn't read that. Isabel read that one. Dude, that book is so fucking good. I find Matt Damon really unlikable. I just don't like him very much. Before that movie was made, there was a book called The Martian. Yes, I'm aware of that. I'm just saying no one heard of that book until they made a big movie out of it with a big movie star. And then people heard about the book and read it. I read the book before the movie was even an idea. And somebody said, the way I came across that book, I was in an airport and I went to the bookstore and which I do sometimes when I'm at the airport and I was just looking through the books and I saw this Martian book and I read the first line and I immediately bought the book and I read it. I read the whole book in 24 hours, which I've never done. And it's a long ass book. It's like 400 pages, 500 pages in 24 hours. What'd you think about the movie? The movie was okay. I'm glad I read the book because there's so much more in the book. What makes the book great is you the character the guy dude <laughs> it's he's like that free solo guy he's like this he gets left on fucking mars dude and they're not coming back for five years and he has food for a month so now he's got to figure out how do i live for five years on mars and, every, and they think he's dead, so nobody's coming to rescue him, but the next mission to Mars is in five years, which he knows. So he he's just this guy who just, he's like, well, what can I do? And then figures it out. Whereas me, I'm like, I'm dead, and I'm crying, and I'm curled up in a ball, and that's game over. I'm not, He's it's just a super likable. So I read his third, I, I didn't know he had a second and a third book and I didn't read a second book, but his third book got really good reviews and my cousin recommended it and I started it and it's called hail Mary. And it's the same kind of book where it's this guy who wakes up and he's, he's on a spaceship and he doesn't know how he got there or what's going on or where everybody is. And it's, so it's a mystery, but then eventually aliens show up and like when the aliens show up, you're like, Oh, I don't know if I want to read this book about aliens. Yeah. Got to be in the mood for that. And that's where the story comes to a screech and halt. Well, I wasn't aware of him, so I saw the movie first, like most people did. And I find Matt Damon so unlikable that my interest in reading the book was pretty much zero. I feel like I, I got it. I got the story. Well, I will say this about Matt Damon. That dude is a good actor. I liked him in Interstellar because he was a bad guy. I like seeing him as a bad guy. Well, I saw him in The Last Duel, and he was a bad guy. Yeah. Last Duel is kind of like an updated Rashomon. Which you think is one of Kira Kusara's worst films. I don't like the movie because it's just this woman getting raped, and then they tell the story three different times by three different people. It's like three different versions of a rape. Either way, you still have to sit through three rapes. And I, I, I'm I, not a big fan of watching rapes in movies. It's not my thing, man. I don't like it. 
<laughs> well, it's not my thing either, but it doesn't mean the well, movie's not good. That's really not the point of the movie. Well, the thing about Akira Kurosawa is he, after watching, I don't know, 10 of his movies, not a big fan of the ladies. He's kind of like, he, like all, all of the villains are usually the ladies in his films. It's like ladies trying to stir up some shit. Hmm. I haven't noticed that, but I don't, maybe I haven't seen as many of his films as you. Anyways, in this one, this lady gets brutally raped over and over in the film, and you're like, ugh, why am I watching this? Oh, it's supposed to be a great film? Ugh, it's so rough. It's like watching Handmaid's Tale, which is my wife's favorite series, and every time I watch it, I'm like, I don't want to watch it because there's too much rape, and she's like, ah, oh, there's no more rape. That, that was in the first season, and then I'll sit down to watch it, and minutes later, somebody's getting raped, and I'm like, what the fuck? She's like, well, there hasn't been any rape until right now. I'm like, what? There's no rape until there's rape. Yeah, maybe I'm just sensey. I'm rape sensitive. Well, I never saw that either. But I'm, here's what I am. Know. I'm sensitive to actual rape. I'm not sensitive to the word rape. Some people are sensitive Obviously. to the word. I'm actually sensitive to the real thing. So call me a fucking tone deaf old white guy. I won't. Not me. <laughs> what does your shirt say? It's a club in Grand Rapids called The Intersection. Zip. Well, there you have it, folks. Another riveting episode of I'm okay, you're okay, I'm not okay, you're not okay. We will head now to the Secret Weekly. Take care. Peace. Peace. <laughs>